0: Good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best selling author. And we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley. And I'm super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Welcome, Haley.
1: Hey.
0: We missed last week.
1: We did. It's been a few, it's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing, Dad?
0: I'm excellent. Excellent. And, uh, what are, you, what's, what are you up to? I've been on the road uh, speaking the last couple of weeks. What have you been doing?
1: I've been, uh, we had our, our our school, most of our school's been uh, in Paris this last week. So while I did not get to go to Paris, truthfully, I'm a little glad. It, those who take, those teachers who uh, take these international trips, it's a long, long, long work day. Um, so I'm glad to have not gone, but uh, it was nice. So we had a pretty quiet um, end of the school and I did a lot of coverage for junior high, which middle school, junior high whole new age group learning a lot they're uh they're (laughs) oh man not yeah it was was a lot of new skills working with middle schoolers so much respect for middle school teachers holy moly um yes they're special they're a
0: special breed
1: oh my lanta they're uh next level they still have the fear of god in them which is kind of fun so if you tell them something they're like you know listen and respect you deeply otherwise you know otherwise high schoolers you kind of have to find a different approach um but man middle school is a weird time could not pay me to go back and be a middle schooler. Absolutely not. No, thank you. So they're pretty funny, though.
0: <laughs> well, Haley, you had a fascinating topic for us to focus on today and the notion of followership. And I'm oh, yeah. curious about this topic. It's not something that I have directly examined. It feels intuitively right. But what what are your thoughts about it?
1: So it's very interesting. So um, the idea of, if we start, it, we look at it, you know, leadership. We talk about leadership all the time. This is literally your life's work. Um, but leadership at its core is very much a uh, a European ideology. It's a Western ideology. Um, and uh, it is an important ideology. But I would argue that there isn't enough emphasis placed on the other half of the equation, which is following. Um, and so, and I think that there's a huge value in it. And I think, especially now when we look out for, for our collective, not everybody can be a leader. I think everybody has leadership qualities, but a room full of leaders, if they're all trying to take charge of a situation, isn't effective, it isn't productive. Um, and so I think there is huge value in understanding what it means to be a leader or, or a follower rather, um, what it means to take turns leading, uh, what it means to to sort of sit back and let somebody else lead. Uh, what it means for the collective, um, things like that. So I think there's huge, uh, there's a huge area of, of of understanding that we just are missing out. I think by having all these conversations about leadership.
0: And why do you think? You've kind of alluded to it, but why do you think? So why do you think that following is a quality of leadership, or is it just that? There's people who learn to follow, and there's people who learn to lead, and it's delineated. Why integrate them together?
1: I think, Dad. So, how familiar are you with yin and yang as a philosophical? Well, concept? very,
0: very familiar.
1: So, so here's a question, Dad. Like, what is your interpretation of yin and yang in terms of Tao and and that as a philosophy?
0: Well, the yin is the connecting piece, and the yang is the active going out energy it's kind of it's energy so there's a yin energy which is a being energy and the yang energy which is a doing energy it's going out into the world and the yin energy is more reflective going internal and as we see from the yin and yang symbol it's not it's not delineated by the way uh, separating it would be what yang energy would do. They would separate this is yin and this is yang. So the the integration of those two energies is the integration of the yin and the yang.
1: So I think it's the exact same concept. I think leadership and followership, I think are the yin and yang. Um, and I think we we put way too much emphasis on the leading piece. Um, and I think like I think all of us have both of these intrinsically in us. And I think any collective community must have ways of accessing both the leadership and the followership. A leader without anyone following isn't actually going to do anything, isn't actually a leader, right? And followers without somebody to lead them isn't going to do anything. So I think these two polar opposites are essential in achieving balance uh, in any type of group. I also think that in the 21st century, we've done a lot of work developing leadership, individualism, taking charge extroverts we've done a lot of work with this stand at the front of the room and um direct Um, and i think that that is a it's a very it's very much a western concept i think it's very much a reaction to um a lot of dictatorships and and harsh authoritarian regimes of the 20th century Um, and i think uh because you know like look at the book 1984 for instance the core message of 1984 is be critical of authoritarian powers be critical of dictatorships be an individual don't conform right and i think that philosophy has um you know spread its way through our literature through our media um and now as we're in the 21st century we use that in practice to talk about the value of leaders and the, the value but i think it's still like having that top down effect that hierarchy i mean it's it's residual from You know um years of european rule it's residual from years of social hierarchy with the monarchy it's year it's 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 from years of you know even honestly white supremacy and with you know colonialism right that model of a hierarchy but instead we should be looking east uh and looking at value of the collective and the community right and of listening and collaborating Right. And I think, like like yin and Yang, it's important to have a balance of of leading but also following and recognizing that some people don't want to be leaders. They can be leaders in their own right, for sure, right? But their comfort level is supporting the leaders and following, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're wrong or they're they're way too passive. Um, on the contrary, I think it they have other skills that are just as important to getting a job done when working as a group.
0: so what you're saying is, that the model of leadership where we have the, the person out front mm-hmm. leading the charges,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: knowing the answers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, defining the vision,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is only one aspect to leadership.
1: Definitely. And when
0: you say not everybody wants to be a leader, what I'm wondering is if you're saying is not everybody wants to be out front. Yes. Some people want to lead by following. And so there's more leadership involved than simply being out front and taking the charge.
1: Exactly. Without 1000%. I think that's exactly it. And I think that when I look at it, it's so fascinating. I did a little experiment last night preparing for this. And if you Google leadership books uh, on Amazon, for instance, All of these self-help books are about improving yourself, which I think is wonderful. I think that's really, really important, right? But I think all of this improvement on oneself to be a better leader, right? I think what we're actually missing is a key conversation on how to listen, how to collaborate, how to mediate, how to respect the needs of a community over the needs of the individual, over the needs of the one. Right, and I, I mean, we saw this a lot in reactions during COVID, um, where there was a lot of resistance to supporting a community due to the fact it impacted individuals. Um, and I think this is this is a, this is one symptom of a individualist mindset that we have in the West, right? Um, you know, it, it 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 this idea of my needs are more important than the needs of the collective. Right, and this is very much a Western philosophy right Uh, if you go to places like Japan, for instance, uh, a cultural a key cultural value for for people in Japan is actually about how can we best serve the community not best serve the needs of the individual.
0: So you could begin to put this under the frame of what we're calling fellowship.
1: I think so yeah
0: because it implies two things when i hear fellowship first of all it implies i don't need to know everything yeah uh i being identified with i my my worth is if it's tied up in knowing which means i'm going to direct the forces here i'm going to direct it's a military model
1: it is which is
0: a patriarchal model frankly yes That says, I'm going to lead you into this forest and I know the direction. Lean on me. I'm the leader. But that's a very limited and in the right context can be an important work of leadership. But the bulk of leading today is not just that out in front model, that there's actually to be integrated into leadership is what we're calling followership which means humility which yeah. means the openness to learn yeah. which means i don't need to be identified with knowing this i'm not the smartest person in the room here uh there are other people with lots of wisdom and let's tap into that wisdom and let's uh collaborate together and learn together so we could call that following we could also call it humility Mm -hmm. we could call it collaborating but it ultimately is the other side of the coin of leadership
1: exactly completely the best example i love um, is that for a long time scientists would define the word alpha or beta male uh, when talking about different animal populations Uh, and so for instance in this clip i sent you dad i don't know if you had a chance to watch it but um they studied a, a herd of deer and for a long time the common understanding was that uh one of the deer would look up and then start to dart away away from they would spot danger dart away from danger and the rest of the herd would follow that one individual and for many many years the scientific community understood that, that was the alpha of the of the herd uh, and the whole herd would listen in respect to that one individual however when more women started to enter the field of of ecology and to observe these these deer, what they noticed is that at any given time, all deer are looking up and looking in different directions. And the moment that 65 to 75% of them, depending on the deer population, would look in the same direction, spot the same thing, it would be actually a consensus, a democratic consensus. And they would then take off in that that particular direction. But the issue is, is that when you have, particularly male scientists and I will apply this to fellowship too right who have benefited from this hierarchy who have benefited from this like you know this this one person on top uh, and everybody else underneath this model of society which we see in uh christian churches we see this in european um, colonies we see this in a lot of um, traditional business settings right when, you, when that is the only perspective you see, you miss out on a great number of other opportunities of viewing things. It's not the wrong way of viewing it. It's just only one piece of the entire puzzle. And so how I tie this back to followership, number one, be like a deer, work with a consensus, work together, don't be an alpha, right? There actually aren't any alphas in the animal kingdom. We're, we're understanding that animal hierarchies aren't defined the way that we define human hierarchies, right? But mainly what that means is like, take a step back, let other people lead, because it's only going to improve the work for all. By having more people come in, different voices, variety of voices, diversity of voices, you're going to have a more thorough, thought through, colorful, world's perspective, products, goal, aim, um, through collaboration with other people and through, um, you know, Changing of leadership roles and accepting roles as a follower, um, in order for somebody else to lead.
0: I love that, and Mm -hmm. and it implies, as I always say, when you get into a position of leadership, you don't get more power. What you get is more accountability, and what your accountability is is to understand the context, understand what's required right now. It is the stepping forward and taking charge required is the context however i need to learn to listen on this one i need to collaborate on this one we need to build consensus on this one there's a there's a there's a time and a place for these different approaches to leadership and the more that we understand ourselves the more that we can authentically respond to the context
1: and i think it also removes some of that pressure to be a leader be the most confident be the most assertive person in the room it it gets rid of that pressure a little bit right because it says hey no matter what group you're working in you're going to be working with other people and somebody's going to have the right expertise or at least know where to go to get the right knowledge or expertise right and so it's it's it actually i think is it diminishes the stakes a little bit right regardless of what the situation is because you're able to utilize um the values and 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 skill sets of other people, um, which I think is a wonderful thing, right? And it also works towards a more inclusive environment, right? Because generally speaking, especially when you look at a lot of these leadership books, right? If if you do that Google search on Amazon, a lot of those leadership books were written by white men, right? Which is not wrong, right? Like that's there's nothing wrong with that per se. Right. But what part of the picture are we missing if we're only listening to that one single perspective? Right. What in terms of what what perspective do people of color have to offer? What perspective do women have to offer? What perspective do, um, you know, people with variety of exceptionalities and, and disabilities have to offer? Right. And so I think we can only go up from here, right? If we, we, we take a moment to, to look at the situation, take a step back from leadership into fellowship and let somebody else take over.
0: I love this. And there's also another factor in followship from an authentic perspective is that you're also following yourself in yeah. a deeper voice that you're not just following the demands of the of your shareholders you're not just following the demands of your organization but you're integrating that into following your own voice and finding your own voice and that in itself is a whole new skill that we discuss in our leadership academy.
1: And it also that's the yin and yang as well, right? It's that it's that outward and inward, it's the self and others, right? And I think like a lot of people I think view followership as you know perhaps submissive or like with these negative connotations, but I think we just have to check our own western perspective on that because several other countries view followership just as valuable if not more so than leadership because it actually helps support the community as a whole above the individual right where and now it's about what are the needs of the group what are the needs of the collective right and and, and making sure the needs of the collective are met right not just the needs of the individual
0: no to see following as a weakness is a western model it's very for limited sure. yeah, it's very sure. limited because it requires uh, a listening listening to ourselves, listening to our, to the people that we serve. Yeah, There's right. a notion of service with it. How can I serve people? Not please people, but how can I serve them to, exactly. to best meet their needs so that they can in turn serve the people that we are accountable to?
1: Exactly. Um, Cause like the other thing too to mention is that like everything is nuanced, right? Like if there is an emergency happening, Right. Somebody still needs to step up and take charge and be a leader. Like what we're saying here is not that leadership shouldn't exist. Somebody needs to take charge in the situation of an emergency, for instance, right? If everyone's waiting to come to a consensus about what to do, like the immediate threat might become too big and it could end very poorly, right? Like, um, because like consensus does take time, collective does take time, taking time to step back from the leadership role does take time. Absolutely. Right. But it's recognizing that both parts are needed in a group and both parts are needed in an individual. Uh, to be able to work in a social setting, which humans are social creatures, right? We would not have evolved to where we are today without the assistance of the collective. That is a critical part to who we are, right? We don't have the the giant claws or the giant muscles that, that you know, uh, some of these solo predators do, right? We are not the cheetahs. We are not the the bears of the, of the animal kingdom. We rely on other people and that is where our greatest strengths are, right? And so, you know, we need to rec- recognize that and realize that collective and the community are are critical elements to our success.
0: Well, there are really three ways that you decide, and it could be applied to three kinds of leadership. One is by consulting, one is by command, and one is by consensus. Mm-hmm. So what command is, it, there's a time and a place for a command leader in an emergency you have a process and you have a command but then like I when I work with firefighters there's a you know you don't operate by consensus when you're operating by fighting a fire uh you don't say well you know what do you think we should do there's a clear delineation but when they get back into the fire hall there's a requirement to shift if you don't shift away from command type of leadership when you get back to the fire hall you really diminish, it's a different context. So you have to, you know, you'll diminish people and you will diminish your credibility. Consulting says, I ask for your input and then I'll decide. Now, if I've already decided, that's by command. And there's a time and a place for that. But if I've already decided, then don't lie to people. But if I need your input, then then I, 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 I will make the final decision, but I need your input on this. But that's not consensus. Consensus says that all uh, accept this, and most agree. So it's not just um, it's not just it's not just voting. It's it's a dialogue to the point where we can support this. We can live with it, even though we may not agree with it. The majority of us, and I think it's important to be explicit about what style we're using. So so first of all consensus requires two things it requires maturity and it requires time you don't operate you don't operate by consensus with many 2 year olds because there's not the level of maturity and it requires time if and if you don't have maturity or time you have to step in and be and be consulting or cons- or operating by command and what's really important is to let people know when you're asking for input some people can think That you're operating by consensus. Oh, you're asking for my opinion. So you're going to take my opinion. No, I just want your opinion, but then I will ultimately decide because we have a shortage of time here. So I will Mm -hmm. take the and if you prolong that and try to get consensus when it's it it goes past its shelf life, people will get very frustrated. Hey, just make a decision and let's move on. And so let's make it explicit which style we're using which is appropriate to the situation, and then be honest and upfront about that. That's the responsibility of a positional leader.
1: And if there is like any of that pushback, like let's just make a decision and move on, right? Then it's up to that leader then to take a step back and listen and be a follower. Be like, you're right, absolutely. Let's make, let's, let's move on with this, right? And so, and that's where it comes back to that followership too. There's a really- every,
0: every kind of leadership requires an element of followership and I come back to, I like to come back to your yin and yang. There's a little dark circle in the midst of the light. And there's a light circle in the midst of the dark. That's what integrates all of this together. Definitely. In a yin-yang symbol.
1: This actually reminds me, I don't know if you've heard of this study. I just looked it up to, to clarify details. Um, so there was a study done in 2015 um, where they tracked a troop of olive baboons in Kenya each of these animals were outfitted with a GPS tracker um, that pinged its location. Uh, and so because for a long time, they, they figured that uh, baboons had alpha and beta leaders uh, in it. So they're like, okay, let's actually test this out. So they outfitted all these baboons with these GPS trackers. Um, and then so what they did uh, is that they noticed that whenever the troop decided to change a direction, it wasn't because they were following a large aggressive leader. However, they noticed that all these tiny dots, which each represented a little baboon that are pinging back to them, so they looked at all of these dots over time, they noticed that each of these uh, these tiny dots, baboons, would waver and pull at one another until finally at least half of the dots were moving in the same direction. Then the rest of the dots would concede, join the larger group, and then they'd head off together, right? Which means that these baboons, right, even these animals, these creatures, right, that we always thought had an alpha bait or an, an a beta right? We're actually practicing nuanced negotiations the entire time that they make a decision about where they move, right? In in situations where they're looking about moving in, in similar but not quite the exact same directions, the troop would compromise and chart a course that became between the two proposed paths. Isn't wow. that fascinating? Yeah. So ro-
0: they rotate.
1: They rotate and they also like It's almost a democratic process, right? Where they sort of say like, okay, if half the group wants to go this way and the other half wants to go this way, then they'll kind of wait until there, there is sort of a general consensus before moving forward. Right. Or if, or they'll just forge a new trail straight through between the two different directions and they'll go between them in the middle. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah.
0: So it's kind of obvious, but what would you say would be the implication for that with in human communities?
1: I think so often humans are quick to distance themselves from animals, saying that we're not that different. We're sorry, we are different from animals. We're our own species. And again, that kind of comes from, you know, religious undertones, European models, blah, 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 right? But we are animals. And so if these animals can do so, if these animals can practice this nuanced democracy, this nuanced collaboration and social decision making, why can't we? Exactly. Yeah, and value the members of the group, value the voices of the group, and compromise if that needs to be, or come go in the middle, right? So I love that.
0: Well, I hope that we've started a conversation here uh, about fellowship, and bring a level of, con- of of awareness and connection around fellowship inside of organizations, because I, I really do think in these masculine, patriarchal-driven Western cultures, we have not attended enough to this notion of followership. So I hope that we've uh, raised the awareness and put that on people's radar screen in their work and organizations.
1: Definitely. It's always great to sit back and listen. <laughs> what can you lose? You got it. nothing to lose and everything to gain.
0: And I notice, for me, uh, when I'm feeling the most pressured, I push my team more and it's the time that I likely need to listen the most I need to be a follower usually at the time that I feel the most pressure to lead. So that's one little takeaway that I'm I'm getting from this conversation.
1: And even with that, right, like even as a leader, everybody can ask for feedback, right? Everybody can ask for feedback. And that is actually a core tenant of this, right? Saying as even as a leader, even somebody in a position of power authority to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm gonna be a follower by asking for feedback and actually utilizing that feedback to improve the good of the community.
0: 100%, exactly.
1: Well, Dad, what are you grateful for this week?
0: Well, I'm grateful. I've had some very fulfilling speaking engagements this week. Mm -hmm. And last week, I had a group of about uh, 60 principals and administrators in a school division. I've had executives, a group of executives, entrepreneurs, uh, public service leaders, a wide variety of presentations, and I'm really grateful for the for the people who hire me to come in and work in their organizations. Uh, okay. It's so enriching, and I learn. I know as much as I as I teach.
1: Love it, love that.
0: What are you grateful for?
1: I am grateful for the opportunity to teach a bunch of different age groups. <laughs> Junior highs—they're—they're they're teaching me a lot about being silly, being goofy, the value of being um, a kid, and that it's great to play. So many of the senior highs that I teach are just so focused on marks and university and go, go, go. But these kids are are just hilarious. You know, one of them was so excited to show me this little plastic duck that they got you know, it was just so wonderful and genuine and pure. And they're writing these short stories and they're all about like just pure, wonderful, innocent things like the world of of fairies and, and ancient Greek gods. And it's just so wonderful. Um, so I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn from such a wide range of, of people.
0: Well, you're doing important work.
1: Oh, thanks. Right. You you're too, done. dad. You too, okay. dear dad.
0: <laughs> until, until next time, everybody stay real and uh, practice being a follower this week and find out what followership means to you and how that impacts your leadership and how you might integrate those together. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
1: Nothing to lose and everything to gain. Stay real.